0: Welcome to the Revival Center podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. All right, Mark chapter 9, will you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? We're going to start at verse number 24, and uh, this is just a jumping off point. Uh, I'm going to be all over the place this morning. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe Help my unbelief. Isn't that where we are many times? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Verse 25 right there. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and and enter him no more. Verse 26. Then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him and he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. We're starting this series of Kingdom Builders, Part 1. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. I pray, God, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning morning in the presence of the Lord. On January the 31st we will make our Kingdom Builders pledges for 2021. We will make it through prayer and we'll make it through fasting. So as you're praying and as you're fasting be asking God what your level of commitment will be uh, for this year's Kingdom Builders pledges. It is in this first month of this new year that the Revival Center reaffirms our commitment to the Great Commission. That is what that is. You see, I don't believe in just lip service. I believe that faith without works is dead, beat alone. And so I believe that if we're going to commit ourselves to the great commission then we need to sign on the dotted line. We need to put our money, come on somebody where are? mouth is. Are you following with what I'm saying? Matthew 28 verse number 18 is more than just a verse to me. It's more than a verse to this church. It is something that we absolutely take personal, that we live by. And if you ever get bored or sick and tired of Vincent Revival Center talking about the Great Commission, then you probably won't like coming here very long because I ain't changing. Come on somebody. Unless that verse changes then I ain't changing. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth Earth. verse number 19 go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and of the Holy Spirit verse 20 he told us to go and make disciples I am we are we we are us you everybody here we are disciples of Jesus Christ understand we are not following Jason Adam's we're not following a person we are following Jesus Christ and if he is Lord and then our Lord tells us to go and make disciples then guess what I'm going to do I'm going to say yes sir and I'm going to go and try to accomplish the very thing that he just asked me to do we make it personal teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you now notice it's not teaching them so that they can pass a multiple choice test Uh uh-uh, no sir it's not just head knowledge it's teaching them to observe to live out uh, if you love me you'll obey my commands is commandments is what he said and so we have to teach folks and, and, and as Paul said follow my example as I followed the example of Christ. Are you you tracking with me? And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Therefore, we have to make this personal. We go. We go on missions trips. We didn't last year because Nepal, where we were supposed to go, was shut down. We're trying to go to Nepal in October if they'll let us go. We're going to Colombia in June. We're going to Costa Rica in July. We're going to announce the next missions trip uh, at our missions convention on January the 30th. We go. I believe that we ought to go. We pray, we give, and we send. We send out our own missionaries like Cody Griggs. And we have a lot of young uh, couples in our church who feel called to be missionaries as as well. Go to the next slide. An unpreached gospel is no gospel at all. Do you believe that this morning? I got five people that believe that. I hope at the end of this sermon, everybody here believes that right there. An unpreached gospel is no gospel at all. If we don't open up our mouth, if we don't preach, if we don't witness, if we don't testify about the good news that has been given to us, then it is not a gospel to the individual who needs to hear it. Right? Amen to that. So missions to us is both local and foreign. So it doesn't matter to us where lost people are. We're going to do outreaches in 2021 right here in Vincent, Harpersville, Childersburg, Sylacauga, Pell City, Chelsea, wherever a lost person is, we're going to do an outreach there. We're going to do them here and we're going to do them overseas. It does not matter where a lost person is. We're just Our job is to go and make disciples. So we do both and we give to both. The Great Commission was the last recorded personal directive of the Savior to his us disciples and it holds great significance in my life and it holds great significance to our church. Understand me I I don't really care about a lot of stuff in the church. I don't care about the color of the carpet. I don't care about the color of the walls. I mean listen I care but I don't care. You understand it doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to fight or debate about stuff like that. The only thing that I will fight and debate you on come on somebody is for somebody to tell us as a church that you can't do the great commission come on somebody oh no sir we are going to do it with our whole heart with everything that we have we don't want anybody to go to hell for an eternity somebody say amen. amen We don't want anybody to go to hell for an eternity. We want them to get saved. We want them to give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ because judgment awaits us all. And hell has a goal to burn up everything that is good and right in your life now and for an eternity. This is not a game. This is not a playtime. This is not about culture that we live in. It's about doing the Lord's work on this earth. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And hell's flames has no appetite in which they will ever stop at. Hell wants it all. Listen to me. Hell wants your help hell wants your finances hell wants your emotions your joy he wants to destroy your marriage he wants your soul badly but there is something found in the book of Mark that the there are, the flames are no match for and that is prayer and that is fasting the devil could not keep that boy bound because Jesus stepped on the scene and one with greater authority spoke over the one with lesser authority and cast that devil out are you hearing what I'm saying And then... And then Jesus said, you're not going to be able to do what I just did unless you pray and unless you fast. Our focus will be on the power of prayer. But in this message, don't lose sight of the fact that power comes when you fast while you're you're praying. Prayer is like a bucket of water on the flames of hell. Prayer brings life. Prayer brings hope. Prayer brings about the miraculous. Charles H. Spurgeon said this one time. If be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their needs, knees. Let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for. Somebody say man, right there. That if somebody that is within our uh, our, our uh, 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 sphere of influence is go, is bound and determined to go to hell, if that is just what they want to do, then let them not go there with us not praying for their soul. This house will not be a den of thieves. And what do I mean by that? It is not going to be about other people's agendas. This the Bible said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. A den of thieves, what happened during the time of Christ, they were selling their own goods. Listen to me now. They had different agendas than what the agenda in the house was built for. That temple was not built to sell their goods. That temple was built to commune with God. You better hear me. And so instead of having the one agenda of Jesus Christ, they had multiple agendas. The reason churches get all jacked up, can't grow and fall apart, is because there are too many agendas in the room. Don't make me preach this thing. This is the first Sunday of the year. I'm supposed to be nice right now, but we need to make sure that we are one. That we are unified together with the the vision and with the goal of what Christ has laid out for us how do you get unified become a house of prayer now I'm going to be chasing a lot of rabbits this morning what does that mean it means like this I'm going to preach like a woman likes to shop <laughs> you know what I'm talking about you ever been shopping with your wife come on huh and what do you what do guys mainly do we just go sit down come on somebody Go take your time. I'm just going to sit down and you go do what you want to do. Because, guys, when we shop, come on, we know exactly where we're going. We go directly to it. We buy it. Yep, that will work. We go. We ring out and we're out the door. Ladies, come on. I ain't making fun. But I'm just saying, how, what happens? You go and you say, oh, this is sparkly. Let me go check this out. And we're thinking, are you planning on buying that? No, I just want to look at it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'm about to preach. Like a woman likes to shop. Y'all better get ready. I'm going to look at everything. We're going to walk down the scriptures and I'm going to take my time. And I'm going to say, oh, this looks nice. Let's go talk about this. And I'll bring it all back at the end. Are y'all ready? I'm shopping right now. Luke chapter 3 verse 4. And it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Verse 5. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth. Verse number six, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Okay, here we go. Now watch. Jesus came to make the crooked way straight. He is not referring to the crookedness of this world. Y'all better hear me this morning. Uh uh-uh. He is not talking about the crookedness of this world. We already know the world is crooked. You can't make the world system straight, it is crooked by its very nature. Hello, the election 2020. Come on, was anybody alive during the election? You can't trust the media. It's all propaganda, man. It is a crooked system. Only until Jesus comes back at the second return. Will this world system be made straight? What Jesus Christ is talking about here and what he is referring to is the religious crooked people. Look straight ahead. Here we go now. Okay. The Jews of Jesus' day believed that the only way to be right with God was by strict observance of all 613 commandments. In other words, these religious people had put God in a box or in a mode and had put God out of reach of relationship with the people. In other words, if you were living in that time, you never felt like you could ever connect with God because there was so many rules between you and the Father. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And Jesus came to remove the obstacles so that we could have relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now I want you to see the application of the verse that we just read in Acts 15 verse number 28. This is the application. This is what Jesus came to do right here. Uh, Talking about the Greeks who were getting saved and the Jews were trying to make them Jewish before they could become Christian. And they said no we are not doing that. You are saved by grace and not by works. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things and then you can read that later of what they talk about it's only one verse is all they had to do this they saved my point is this right here Jesus came to make the crooked way straight there it is there it is that's the application of what Jesus was talking about and I dare say there are a lot of crooked things in religion somebody say "Man, right there A lot of crooked things. And so let us as a people, let us as a church fulfill Acts 15, 28 by not putting unnecessary burdens on new Christians when they walk into this house. Guess what? I'm not shocked when sinners act like sinners. Come on, somebody. I'm shocked when believers act like sinners. Come on, somebody. Y'all better hear me. I believe the prophetic voice of God is saying that I am looking for a church that will make the crooked place straight so that I can get my love to my people. Understand, that is what he wants to do. God wants to get his love to the people through you. That's You're the channel. You're the vehicle of that. So, so not filtered through man's idea of God, not filtered through man's idea of religion, Uh Uh-uh. No, sir. But who will let his love flow unfiltered to my people? And I believe the Revival Center is a prime candidate to be used for the love of God to flow through us to a person that is in need in our community. Now, I know there are other people in other churches and there are great and wonderful churches and great wonderful people. I'm not, I have no stones to throw. A lot of people do a lot of good things. Okay? But here's the deal. I ain't their pastor. Come on, somebody. I don't, I I ain't speaking for them. I ain't talking to them. I'm not preaching to them. I, I pastor this church. You are members of this church so I only speak on behalf of the folks in this room. Listen to me. That you I believe that you are the are the people that God wants to use so that you are the people that God wants to anoint in order to do his work in our community. Hear me in the name of the Lord. God did not come to anoint services. He came to anoint people. Are you listening? listening? listening to what I'm saying. There's no such thing as God sending his spirit to anoint a service. You are the people that he anoints in order to fulfill his agenda on this earth. All right, In Acts chapter 2, I'm shopping. Come on, I'm shopping right here. In Acts 2, the power of God fell on people. They spoke with tongues. Yes. We know that. Acts 2 verse 4. You're in a Pentecostal church. We understand that. But the event that you must not separate from that move of God is the impact that it had on the culture around them for it says also in Acts chapter 2 that 3,000 people got saved that day. Oh my goodness here we go I got to be careful y'all because I feel that anointing that somebody ought to say something, kind of anointing, you know what I mean? That can be dangerous with me. But here's the thing. This was always my pet peeve growing up. I grew up in a great church, great church. Listen, nothing wrong with it. Listen, it, it, was, it, was, it was straight. It was Bible. It was it was good. A good, great foundation. But I always looked around the congregation and I never saw any new faces. Come on, somebody. Oh, but we loved our Pentecost. We loved our 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 gifts of the Holy Spirit, but wasn't nobody getting saved. Are, wait a minute, we are not, the only reason that stuff was poured out in Acts 2 was so that 3,000 people could get saved at the end of it. I believe a sign, a sign of a spirit-filled church is not the fact that we check off somebody in the church speaks in tongues, check, so therefore we're a Pentecost. No, I think a sign is when folks are getting stirred, saved, delivered, and healed, and people are being asked added to the kingdom of God I don't separate the two I'll look at them as the same. Are people being touched? Because that's why it was poured out. We will be known. I hope we are known. As a life giving church. Whereby you feel the power of God. And the presence of God abides here. Where you walk in one way. And you got to fight. If you don't want to leave a different way. That you got to struggle not to come to another. You may not come. You may say no to God. Tugging on your heart. But at least you know The Holy Spirit was tugging on your heart, Fred. Come on, somebody. Woo! I feel it this morning. Now... Our communities needs this kind of, of power represented our cities, our schools, our nations. My God, our nation needs an awakening. Hello, somebody. I'm shopping right now. America is in desperate need of prayer. People who are willing to stand in the middle of our culture, in our uh, middle of our families, mm-hmm, in the middle of this government, and pray bold prayers yes sir that I will not come out of this prayer until I see the rain fall on a spiritual dry land that I am living in today it's about praying bold prayers in 2021 not cold prayers come on somebody bold prayers believing God for things that in the natural makes no sense which means you will have to pray through seasons in times when nothing seems to be moving nothing seems to be working and you got to keep hammering I am now past my introduction moving to my first point I'm gonna preach a long time y'all Number one, the prayer needs to be about something that you can't do. Watch now. A bold prayer is praying about something that you cannot do. Impossibilities within your own strength. Let me show you Joshua chapter 6 verse number 1 right here. Now Jericho was uh, securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went in and none came out. Verse number 2. And the Lord said to Joshua See, I have given Jericho into your hands. It's king and the mighty men of valor verse 3 You shall march around the the city. All of you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And then we know the story. They blow trumpets and shouted, the walls came down. Now watch. What I want you to see is verse number two. Go to verse number two. Notice what the Bible says. It says, Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands. Now watch, watch, watch. Now at that moment, when God spoke this promise into Joshua's life, guess what? he could not see in his hands at the moment that verse was given to him jericho are you are you tracking with me jericho was not in his hands whenever he spoke that verse but god said see I have given you Jericho. Okay. Where is Jericho? It's not in my hands. all right. God gave him a promise. Watch now. But the question that I have is what do you do from the time you get a promise to the time that promise is manifested. See? I've given it to you. I don't see it in my hand but it's coming. Now what do you do? That is called faith. You got to fill the gap with faith. I believe you too have a promise a word from God that is found right here in the Bible right here in the word of God where God would say see I have given you your family. See, I have given you breakthrough. See, I have ordered your steps in your hand. I have given it to your, in your hand. And we over here said, I don't see it manifested. I don't know what I'm doing. What, what? How is this going to ever transpire? We got the promise in one hand. The reality of it's not here yet. So how do you get from here to here? Come on, somebody. You better walk by faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So a promise, next slide. A promise in the Bible is an answer to your promise let me say that again a promise in the bible is an answer to your problem but we don't read it with faith we want it bam wham thank you ma'am microwave oven this prayer for me come on somebody but sometimes when you you have to walk that promise out believing that it's the answer that you're looking for am I making sense to anybody I could stop right now I got a lot more shopping to do y'all keep going All right, here we go. So here it is. We don't focus on the problem, we focus on the promise. That's right. For every problem that I face, there is a promise that God has already given to me. Joshua, see, I have given you this city. Go to the next slide. Now, Joshua's flesh would say, I could believe, go to the next slide, I could believe God has given me this city. But whenever I look at this wall right here, it wasn't just one wall, ladies and gentlemen. When we talk about Jericho, it was surrounded by two walls when you study it out. Okay, so Joshua's saying, you've given me this city. I'm standing here looking at this massive city walls everywhere. Uh huh. And you're saying you've given this to me. I could believe you, Lord, if I could see the bulldozers pulling up. I could believe you if I saw some cannons coming along, some machines or something to knock down them walls right there. But the ram's horn that you gave me, that's not helping my faith right now. Have you ever been there? Listen, you telling me to walk around that wall those walls right there, that ain't, that ain't encouraging me right now, preacher. You want me to shout a little bit Uh uh-huh okay this is how the miracle will happen and God says yes this is exactly how the miracle is going to happen it doesn't make sense it doesn't register with my logic but when God speaks it sometimes it does not make sense to our head it does not line up with logic but because he said it I must believe it and walk in it nonetheless does it make any sense to look at massive walls and take a ram's and blow it against that wall? No, it doesn't. Does it make any sense that when you have X amount of money and X amount of money going out but still pay my tithes first? No, it doesn't make any sense. Does it make any sense that I would tell my flesh no to the things that feel good to my nature in order to serve a Savior that I cannot see in the Spirit to, to, to gain a heaven that I cannot touch right now? It doesn't make any sense. Faith is not not logic. Faith comes from a belief in God. Noah, build a boat. You can go to the next slide. Build a boat for for some rain that's not going to happen for 100 years. That makes no logic. Moses, stretch forth your rod over this Red Sea and you're about to walk over on dry ground. It doesn't make any sense. Crippled man, stretch forth your crippled hand to Jesus and he's going to heal you. That doesn't make any sense. My my head says how is this thing going to be? But my heart says there's something about this that I want to say yes to. Are you hearing me? You see a boy's lunch. Five plus two equals seven. Nope. That ain't how it is with God. Five plus two equals five thousand. You got to hear me by the Holy Spirit. You can't serve God doing it your own way. Using your own logic to justify decisions that you know are contrary to the word of God. You can't do it your way and then expect God to bless it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We must submit ourselves to God's plans, purposes, and ways because what he blesses is his word in our life. I believe the reason that we don't understand God's ways and God's plans is because if we ever figured it out, we would try to put our own logic in it and we would mess it up. Go to the next slide. This is why you got to pray. This is why you got to fast. Here it is. Prayers are the best predictor of your spiritual future. If you want to see where you're going to be at, in the future spiritually speaking then what kind of prayers are you praying right now if you ain't praying then guess what your future is fixing to hold for you when it comes to god nothing no power no glory nothing nothing's going to happen in your life and then you're going to get mad you're probably going to blame the preacher first come on somebody praise the lord then you go blame the worship team second. And then you're going to blame somebody else. But the fact is you ain't even praying. And prayers are the best predictor of your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. And this ain't good to nobody. Somebody want to say amen right there? The way I pray determines the person that I will become. Amen to that. If you want to know how somebody's developing spiritually, check your prayer life. Prayer sets in motion the kingdom of, of God. It releases heaven and it releases his angels. Number two, second point, Joshua chapter 6, verse number 2. It says, see, I have given you. You go from praying for to praying through. In other words, in other words, oftentimes you must see the promise in your heart before the promise manifests. The enemy of vision is destroyed. Distraction. You better hear me. Distraction could be anything. I'm going to give you a couple of examples right here because we're going shopping. Luke chapter 9 verse 28. Here is a distraction ladies and gentlemen. Now it came to pass about eight days after this these sayings that he took Peter, James, and John and went up on the mountain to pray. It's a common theme throughout this message. You go to verse number 30. We're going to read all the way to verse 33. And behold, two men walked with him, and it was Moses and Elijah. Pretty powerful worship service, don't you think? Come on, if you came to church, you got Jesus, Moses shows up, Elijah. Wow, I didn't know we was having guest speakers today. Who appeared in glory and spoke of the uh, decrease uh, of the decease which he was about to accomplish uh, in Jerusalem. Verse 32. But Peter... And those with him were heavy with sleep. How about that? Oh, I'm about to say something about sleeping in church. Anyways, heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men who stood with him. So they slept through half the sermon. And then all of a sudden they woke up and they had a great idea. Then it appeared as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us. To be here, and let us make three tabernacles. You get one. Moses go get one. Now, Elijah, Elijah is going to get one. Look, look, look at the last little part of that. Not knowing what he just said. Why did he not know what he just said? Because he had been asleep during church. Come on, somebody. Now, now here it is. Go back to verse 32. Heavy with sleep. Now, now here I'm I'm pushing back. So, don't tell me people fall asleep in this church because I'm boring or the spirit is not moving. Oh, I'm going to push back right here. Jesus was being transfigured. They were there with Moses and Elijah. The glory was all around them. And these boys went to sleep. Y'all better say something to me. If people can sleep through a service with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and the voice of God that's visiting come in in a second then there is no way that I'm offended that you take a nap on me come on somebody (laughs) just don't blame the preacher while you're sleeping though all right (laughs) because I know that God is in this place I know he is you may not feel it because you're asleep come on somebody now look at verse 33 not knowing what he had said now this statement that he just said about making some tabernacles was ignorant It was dumb. It was stupid. He should not have said it. It was embarrassing. It probably embarrassed Jesus in front of his friends. Jesus was probably telling Elijah and Moses, I really have taught them better than this. (laughs) It's a work in progress, though, Elijah. You got to understand it's, it's a work in progress. The reason he made the dumb comment about building tabernacles is because he slept through the revelation and only got part of the revelation. So Peter is now wanting to build a tabernacle because he does not understand the glory of why it's there at that time. So Peter wakes up, says, I got a great idea, y'all. Everybody's going to get a tabernacle. You get one. You you get, we're just passing out tabernacles. And I could see all of them looking at Peter, wishing that Peter would probably go back to sleep because he's looking dumb and he's being foolish right now. Again, God has mercy on us. Now, notice the voice of the father in Luke nine thirty-five. The voice says, do what my son says do. Do you see that? Now, that is an echo of what we already know in John chapter 2 verse 5 when his mama told him also the exact same thing do what my son says do so now you have Jesus' mama and his daddy are saying the same thing do whatever Jesus says to do because the miraculous happens not when you say go and do some and get some water but it happens when the spirit of God says go and move you gotta flow with what the Holy Spirit is saying now watch what happens if you get distracted. Later in, that, later in Luke chapter 9 verse 46. They come up and they start arguing with Jesus. Who's the greatest? Is it me? Or is it Peter? Is it John? Who, who's the greatest of them all? Do you see that right there? Now look at verse 48. Here it is. Here's the revelation. He said to them. Listen. You guys don't, You don't understand. Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me, receives him who sent me for he who is least among you all will be great. Now, what does that say to you? That tells me we need to stop arguing about who's the greatest among us, right? Okay. All right. John didn't catch that at all. Look at verse 49. So verse 49, I got one witness in here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now watch this. Now, John answered and said, this is right after he said, you need to humble yourself master we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow with us now he missed the revelation right there just because he's not a member of our church doesn't mean we go and stop ministry from happening you better hear me listen now so at this point Jesus has to be wondering John were you asleep with your boy Peter whenever I just told you that the least is going to be the greatest and then in verse 50 Jesus has to say again forbid them not if they're not against us they're with us, but still, John is distracted from the revelation in John or in Luke chapter 9, verse 54. Now, now he's wanting to call fire down on people and burn them up because they didn't do what he wanted them to do. Are you understanding? John missed the revelation of Luke 9:48. And I'm telling you in the name of the Lord that sometimes we miss what God is doing right in front of us because we get distracted by something something else and then we try to show up to the scene and try to do something that we think is right but oftentimes it is horribly wrong can you handle that this morning do i need to use that save that for the uh, the night shift on wednesday night come on sunday morning so here it is. The people in religion who miss the revelation of Christ always wants to stop those that are doing the teachings of Christ. However, I will say that John did recover very nicely. He, he didn't always miss it. Later on, he got it right. It was this John who said, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He got that one right. Come on, somebody. Hey, he got the book of Revelations right. He was caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, and he wrote the book of revelations i'm closing with this point number three the promise lasts forever the problem lasts but for a moment did you hear what i just said i'm closing the praise team can come number three the promise lasts forever the problem lasts but for a moment Come on, get that in your spirit right there. The promise lasts forever. The problem lasts but for a moment. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse number 2. For all the promises of God in him are what? Come on, can you, can you read that this morning? Yes, and in him, amen. I've preached it many times, many times that we are the amen of heaven. That whatever heaven declares, the church is to say amen, which means let it be, so be it. We are to have a yes in our spirit to the things of God. Right? that I've always said that. you got to have a yes. Not a no. Not a maybe. A yes. If God says it, amen. If he declares it, great commission, yes. I don't have to pray about that. It's a yes. I'm ready to give. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to pray. It's right there. Amen is a fixed certainty. Where there is no certainty, there is no room. Where there is certainty, there is no room for doubt. So if you come to the equation, if you come to the problem, if you come to life saying yes and amen, to the promises of God then there's no room for doubt when you come already fixed in your mind this is where I stand. Are are you tracking what I'm saying? You're not. We're going shopping so I can show it to you. John chapter 4 verse 49. So here's a man he needs healing okay. His child needs healing. Verse 50. Notice what happens right here. And Jesus said to him go your way your son lives. So the man somebody say that word believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. Yes and amen. Watch now. You see, if we could put this in 2021 terms, uh-huh. This man on Facebook would have said this right here. Well, I went to Jesus. My son was sick. <clears throat> I asked him to come to my house and to visit my son. And this Jesus did not come to my house. In fact, he just spoke a word. He just, he just cast me off. He didn't spend no time with me. Mm-mm. He's typing all this, by the way. Okay? He's typing all this. He didn't spend no time with me. He didn't sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. I walked by. He said, yes, your son's healed. Go, go in peace. Yeah, I felt so rejected by this man, Jesus, because I heard that he went to Jairus' house. Yeah. And Jairus is this big official in, in, in the city, the head of a synagogue. Yeah, so he, Jesus had time with him, but he didn't have no time with me. I heard you went to Peter's mother-in-law's house and healed her. Yeah, because Peter's your right-hand man, Annie. I'm nobody. Come on. are you? We, we never do this, do we? We never have these feelings. Yeah, uh-huh. So, hey, he... Yeah, I'm sure you went to Peter because you love Peter more than you love me. You have all this time for everybody else in your church. Why don't you have this time for me? Where's my attention Jesus? Now you start feeling rejected. But that was not the case at all. Jesus did not have to come to the house. All that needs to happen is to believe the promises that is found within his mouth. He said do you believe? And the man said yes. It is settled. It is amen. Then Go back home towards your problem, and when you arrive, you'll see your promise, my Heavenly Father. All you have to do is walk by faith on the promise that God just spoke in your life. You will go as far as you can believe. You will go in 2021 as far as you can believe, friend. At whatever moment that you are walking and you stop right there, I can't believe no further. That's that's you stop right there. There's something inside of you that has to say, I believe that God's promises in my life are yes and amen. Job 22, verse 28 said, Declare, declare a thing, and it will be established for you. It's different than asking, My God, I give you permission today to open your mouth and declare the word of the Lord over your life. Something is inside of you has to move beyond the preacher telling you what to say there has to be something down inside of you that you begin to declare what you believe and declare what is inside of your heart you better hear me remember God Does not anoint services. He anoints people in those services. So this is the altar. To declare means. I already know what the contract says. This word. Therefore I will declare. What is already rightfully mine. I am healed by his stripes. I am blessed going in and coming out. My house shall be saved. You have to declare. Whatever it is that is in your heart. It does you no good. To simply be be a parakeet and repeat something that i say repeat unless it's coming from your heart. Somebody say amen right there. Put your hands together. Stand all across. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at revivalcenterag.com